Welcome to the Sequoia Breeze podcast, a breath of fresh air for your homeschool. I am your host, Rebecca Lasavio. Today I'm back with Erin Emerson, one of our Clarksville homeschool teachers who has several years of kindergarten classroom experience as well as homeschooling her own kiddos. We've been tackling the subject of teaching your children to read. In our previous episodes, we covered reading readiness and matching letters to letter sounds. Today we're going to move on to decoding and sight words. Hi Erin, welcome back. Hi Rebecca. So my child now knows letter names and sounds, knows that a T says T. What now? What are my next steps? Great question. So your next steps, you're going to want to find a curriculum or a program that's going to follow a phonics pattern in a sequential way. You're going to look for things where you can take the letter names and sounds, and we're going to now start building words that we can read. Is that what decoding means in reading language? Exactly. So we want to find words that the child can sound out using their phonics skills. So the word man, if they know the M says M, the A says A, and the N says N, they can read man. So things that are following the phonics rules are decodable. Okay. And do sight words play a place here? Where do we... You know, some people are probably saying, what's a sight word? And other people are going, oh, sight words. <laughs> How do we approach that? And where do those come in? I think that's a great question. So decodable words, you're going to be teaching in a systematic approach where it comes up based on the phonics rule that you're learning. Where a sight word, you might not be ready for that phonics rule yet, but you need it to be able to read a high-frequency word that comes up often in our books and in our language. So the word the is one of the very first sight words that I encourage you to teach to your child. So they can't sound out the to, you can break it down and say there are two sounds in here, th and uh, but at this point we aren't dealing with blends like th. We just know that t says t and h says h. So we just need to encourage our kids to memorize the word the, right? Exactly. If they okay. tried to decode the word the, they would say t, eh, and think, what, what did you, what is that? Right. Um, so they just have to be able to see the word the and read it with an automatic response. I see that and I know it says the. That way, when they come across the word, they can read it without a lot of hesitation and read a sentence and still understand what they read instead of trying to decode every single word in a as a sight word, they might not even be able to decode. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing with the next two sight words, maybe be is and uh, I mean, is seems like it should be decodable, but it's got a funny thing to it too, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. Is has a Z sound for the S. So we teach that S says S, but then you have the word is and it has a Z sound. Another word you might want to teach would be was. Mm. Um, and that one, if they were to use our phonics skills, would be was. Mm -hmm. But, or if you were going to spell it with your ear, you would think it would be spelled w, uh, u, z, z. You'd think it should be spelled was. So it's not f following our phonics rules. Okay. So we just have to learn, oh, I see that word. It means this. 
so that you can get through the sentence. Do all sight words break phonics rules? No. Um, that's a great question. And we have a lot of mislabeling in words. So oftentimes we'll call words a sight word when they're really high-frequency words. Okay. Um, and it really doesn't matter as long as when you're teaching the child they're beginning to read and they come across a word that doesn't follow the phonics rules that they've been introduced to, then it's a sight word for them. Mm-hmm. Um, even though later on, as they learn the rules, they might then become um, a phonics word that they could decode. But no matter what, you want those words that are high-frequency words to be the ones that they can see and read with automaticity, <laughs> if I can say that word properly, but being able to read automatically. Okay. So as they start to, I know for me, this is where the most painful piece of teaching my kids to read comes. When you're sitting with your child and they're reading the, uh, the and the man, it's just so slow and the next sentence might have the word man in again and they might go through the whole process of sounding it all out again and it was just there we just did we just did this (laughs) so can you encourage parents in the um in this process that um is it okay for it to be that slow is it how long should it take them to be able to recognize a word they've read 20 times some kids it's going to take a lot longer than others so being patient is really important in this process and being able to take that deep breath as they're reading because you don't want to be frustrated as the instructor because that can also lead to frustration for the kiddo but so being able to set yourself up for success of this is a 20-minute session we're going to get through and work together and start by building success with words that they're familiar with so that they can learn the patterns and routines of how you're going to be teaching the um, the words to them will really help how do I evaluate whether a book is a decodable book or not? Or how can I, where can I find some decodable books? So there's so many great curriculums out there. And you're going to open up your teacher's manual or the book for the parents and see if it has a scope and sequence. If it has a scope and sequence, you can see that they're following a pattern for how they're going to be introducing phonics patterns and sight words so that they can be begin doing these reading um, skills. So All About Reading has a great decodable book series that goes along with the lessons that they're teaching. But that's just one curriculum and their method. Are, do Bob books fall in this category? Absolutely. Bob, Bob books are another very decodable um, reader that can build success for kids. And it might be boring for us parents to listen to, but it is practicing the skills that the kids need. And they actually can get really excited, like, I read this, I know it, and that builds their confidence, which encourages them to keep reading. And Bob books are available pretty easily. I mean, you can find them on Amazon. I've seen them in boxes at Costco. It's, they're, they're around. And if you have homeschooling friends, they probably have them on the shelf too. <laughs> so you can find them. I know... Um, we had some books from Bookshark on our shelf that um, as I've been researching this topic and listening to you, I've come to realize that 
that's precisely what they are, even though they have kind of goofy pictures and goofy stories because they can only use so many words as the child is building their vocabulary. Their, not their vocabulary so much as the list of words that they're able to read. Um, I realize that they are very decodable and that they don't throw a bunch of random words at the child. Um, they even have a, a book that is just word lists and it's seems really boring, but can you talk about the value of being able to read words in a list? So sometimes um, as you get a decodable reader, they will preview the words that are going to be in the book, and that's going to give your child an opportunity to take those minutes of decoding each word, seeing the word b at, read bat, and then go to the next slide, r an, read ran, so that they can go through that process, and then when they read the story, it's not a cold read so much. Mm -hmm. They've gotten warmed up on that front page. But when you're reading decodable books, like I just said, the word cold read, the cold read would be the first time you're reading through the book and they're taking that time to decode each word. You can go back and reread it and now you're warmed up and you can read it with more fluency mm -hmm. the second and third time that you're reading mm -hmm. it. Maybe reads with maybe a child reads with mom in the morning and shows dad what they've learned in the afternoon and that actually just repeats it. Or, um, And I would assume if a child can read a word in a list, you know they're actually decoding. They're not guessing by the picture what's there. Is that? I think that's a great point. Um, sometimes our books will have too many pictures where the kids can be looking at the picture to then quote unquote be reading the story. Um, so you'll know a child might be um, guessing at the words if they see, um, let's say they're reading about a story about a horse and they say the word pony, that they're not looking at the words, they're mm. guessing at mm -hmm. what the, the sentence is And that's not saying. reading, that's <laughs> telling a story from a picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A different set of skills. Yeah. Is there anything else about decoding in sight words that um, we should know or be on the lookout for? Well, I think, um, like you said, you're going to start out with a limited set of words as they're learning the beginning phonics skills. And as, add, as we add more phonics skills and more sight words, we're going to be reading more complex sentences and be able to get into more interesting stories. So this We've the beginning of the kind of reading readiness and matching letter names and sounds, and now we're beginning to put them all together. We are crossing the bridge from being a pre-reader to being a reader. And once we're over there on the other side of the bridge, we just begin to add a little more and increase their understanding and um, and that. So this this piece of the of the process is really a, a pretty vital, I mean, slow maybe, and um, it may not feel super rewarding because you think, just read now, you know, <laughs> but it, it, it really is an important piece, isn't it? Getting over that bridge with your child and not rushing them and discouraging them as they're trying to do this really big thing of teach their brain to match these weird shapes on the paper <laughs> to sounds and words and meaning in their life. It's so nice to be able to homeschool and meet your child where they are and take the time to build their skills as they're ready to do it. So it's going to be different for each family how, and within the family, each child's experience with going through this process. But you're right. 
It's really important to go through these steps so that they have that solid foundation. Thank you, Erin, for sharing this with us. And we will be back for one more episode in this series of Teaching Your Child to Read, where we'll wrap up some big ideas and some other ways to increase your child's fluency and literacy as they progress um, through this process of learning to read. Thank you for joining us today as we continued our podcast series on teaching your child to read. If you have any questions or ideas for us, we'd love to hear from you. Please send an email to podcasts at sequoiagrove.org.